Dante Greco. Dante is a really smart guy. Ladies love Dante. I wanted hair. Look at that face. Dante Greco. Dante was me, yours truly. I'm gonna come. Good afternoon. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Dante Greco Show. I'm here with... What do you want to be called today? Um, sir? You're on, asshole. Your Grace? <laughs> your Grace. Oh, I thought you were calling me, sir. I'm um, here with Your Grace, Mr. Small. Do you want people to know what your real name is, or are we pretending yeah, that you're... I don't care. Uh, okay. Don't dox. Don't dox my social security card. Let's just call him Jeremiah. How about that? It's fine. I'm here with Jeremiah, a representative of the, of the Jewish media, founder of the wildly successful Pap Safari walking tour in Beverly Hills. How are you today, Jeremiah? I'm doing super. Thanks for asking. So happy to be back on the Dante Greco show. I feel like it's been too long. Yeah. You know, I don't want to keep talking about this, but Kanye keeps digging the anti-semitic hole deeper and when he keeps talking we have to keep talking about it you know we learned that at tmz story yeah, unfortunately he won't let this anti-semitism die it's like it's been around for six thousand years or something yeah now i was gonna say this but howard stern beat me to it because he did his show first but I was going to take it a step further. He said that Kanye used to be like the fun kind of crazy, but now he's like Hitler. I was going to say that I really do think Kanye is the next Hitler. <laughs> if, if he gets into any kind of power, you know, because Kanye is, has a, enough of a psychotic break with reality that, and, and the fact that he keeps doubling down on the anti-Semitism and keeps harping on it. I went from in the last week or two, not defending him, but trying to like explain it as maybe he just doesn't know what he's talking about. Maybe he did business with some Jewish people that he didn't enjoy to now. I really think if he was given the power and the option, he could go full blown genocidal. This is just my opinion. You know, don't sue me, but uh, this is just the feeling that I'm getting. How do you feel? Um. Kanye West as the next Hitler. But but Hitler was a failed artist and and Kanye West is a very like, you know, uh very adorned artist. Unfortunately, it's just like followers have gotten stupider. So of course he has the potential of uh genocidal like, you know, um doings and like, you know, and just like the fascism is on a rise back up and he like, you know, he can fit that profile, and I'm sure you know being at the top of the fascist chain. I'm sure is is, is just lovely for him. So, uh, but like you know, I don't. I, I I have. I am not sure. I also think he is still like you know he has like a some, some mental issues. But um, I don't think we can blame I, those. I, I, I wish like yeah, I wish he would have just like you know. It's so easy just to make an apology and just like let it <laughs> move on, but. Uh, I feel That's like what, I don't want to like defend the guy. I just like I feel um, like you know it doesn't look good for the media too to like keep pushing these points. It's good, just uh, just like uh, I don't know. Can I take that back? I'm terrible at like media issues. You worked in the media for what seven or eight years at TMZ? 
I was a uh, successful paparazzi for five years and a few months. I was an actual working paparazzi for like two years of those times. And I was an unsuccessful paparazzi for about two years until I became the wildly successful owner of uh, paparazzi safaris, giving tourists a glimpse into the underbelly of what is a paparazzo in Beverly Hills or West Hollywood. That's right. And every week it's sold out. I've seen the tours. They're massive. Just big crowd of people walking around Beverly Hills. Anyways, um, I'm I'm only half joking because we have to take it seriously. He's wearing his 2024 hat. Even in this picture, you can barely see it. But he ran for president once before. It was kind of like half uh, half assed. And I, I think with the right backers behind him, he could make a real push. You know, nothing yeah, is out of the, uh, nothing's out of the realm of a possibility after Trump. Yeah. If Robert uh, Mercer, Robert and Rebecca Mercer are listening, Kanye is like, you know, he's your fascist guy. Yeah. He, he'll get like, you know, he's like Herschel Walker, but like more likable. No, but or the thing, I don't know, to that base. And the thing is he's so fixated on Jews that, I, it has become a thing to me that I really do think he dislikes Jewish people and he could be yeah, talked into if he had like a Stephen Miller type or a Steve <laughs> Bannon type in his cabinet or maybe even those guys, he could be talked into a, 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 a another Holocaust. And I'm not playing. I think he's that crazy. See, I would honestly choose Trump over Kanye any day of the week if it was a head to head. Because Trump, he's an old man, businessman. He's probably a little racist, a little anti-Semitic, but he's just looking to swindle people. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, kinda, yeah. I know what you mean. And um, I, I wish like, and like you know, I feel like Howard Stern would have had more uh, prevalence had he not worn blackface in the nineties. <laughs> that just kind of like you know they can cancel you for for that. So it's just like his words, his argument is kind of null and void now because right. he didn't wear blackface. Well, I'm sure if Kanye brings that up, then I'm going to know that he has people working with him because I remember uh, when Trump yeah, was he doesn't have off, the attention span to remember that. <laughs> well, no, 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 but that's the thing. He doesn't need it. As I've said before, there's people off camera that just feed him information. And Donald Trump Jr. launched that attack on Howard with the with the blackface thing. So if Kanye starts spouting that, I'm going to think he has the same people working for him now. Uh but it's it's it seems unlikely, but it's just the fact that if he did get into power, if people wanted to put him in a position to, you know, if Ron DeSantis doesn't catch on and Trump gets indicted or whatever, I'm and not even in 2024. This could happen later down the line, too. It's oh, yeah, just, he's only like 45 years old right now. Yeah. Like he's like and he's still got like 30 years to run. Yeah. He, he scares me. All of the. You remember Donda when he put the album out and he's in like a burning house with Marilyn Manson and all these people. And it's just like he walks around wearing these black SS clothes. It's very it's a weird, scary scene that he's into. It makes Mar-a-Lago and the opulence of Trump Tower look positively charming. <laughs> so you're saying we have a bright future to look ahead in America <laughs> politically, socially, but media yeah. By the way, do you think it's possible 
that when Kanye was represent, uh, referencing the Jewish media, he was talking about the Jewish Journal of Beverly Hills. <laughs> Kanye, <laughs> Kanye spends a lot of time in Beverly Hills. He was just at Ebaldi the other night, apparently. And why, and they, why didn't you ambush interview him there? Well, if, if you were still, you know, what my, happened? My podcast is too popular. It's as popular as the Pap Safari walking tour. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to ambush journal uh, journalize anymore. No, but when you go to Ebaldi, there is a little uh, like newspaper holder that has the Jewish journal in it. I think it's free, which is very, very nice. And uh, maybe Kanye saw that and thought, oh, the Jewish media, the Jewish journal. You got to me again. <laughs> or maybe he's talking about the Times of Israel. Um, is it possible? I mean... Anything is possible. It's 2022. Right. That's right. Anyways, I want to get up. And then people denied about it. Like anything's possible. We've talked about Kanye too much this week. Yeah. Let's uh, talk about uh, a a Jewish friend reached out to me the other day and and asked me. (laughs) I can't say his name, but uh, he, he reached out. Yes, it was. He reached out and he asked me to continue the fight against uh, Kanye's anti-Semitism. So I, I felt a duty. But yeah, let's talk about why I invited you on today. James Corden. He's a human pig. He looks like one and he acts like one. And we have incontrovertible proof once again this week uh, when he was banned from a restaurant. Of course, the restaurant owner, owner folded and let him back in because he's you know probably some star fucker weirdo brit in new york and corden is back but like corden will strike again i don't think he's learned his lesson what was your take on that whole james corden thing when you first read about it were you surprised were you like oh this is oh no i wasn't surprised and like you know like i know you uh, you wanted me to have like a good running story and unfortunately i did run into james corden a couple times outside of catch but like you know the catch was there really wasn't a story it was i was uh Working for it was past my my TMZ days. It was but in the prime of my Mike Arnaldi days, and I remember I saw him there a bunch. And I didn't wasn't um, like he didn't like do anything that wrong, and I wasn't like pressured to like get a sound bite out of him. And I just like you know took a couple photos of him, and then like didn't even like really have a question to ask. But I felt like a presence like with his eyeballs, he was sodomizing me. And it was non-consensual. <laughs> and I just, I got a bad vibe from him. I felt like he was like a, just a rude, just all together. I don't know. Maybe it's just like, maybe I find some British comedy to be funny, but I don't yeah. find all British com- like, but sometimes like, you know, is it because as Americans, we are just not akin to their humor or is it just uh singular that we think James Corden had like so- one good idea of like, of singing karaoke in a car and that some of his like you know uh applaud wasn't well as you know shouldn't have been deserved it, it drives me crazy that he built a career off carpool karaoke it's not funny it's sometimes interesting depending on who the guest is but it's just him getting an excuse to dance and sing next to a celebrity it's all about just pleasing him I, as an audience member have never been pleased by carpool karaoke and the fact that he just beat it into the ground it caught on once, and he just kept doing it. He didn't even need to do the rest of the show. He could have just done carpool karaoke and put it on YouTube and called and it. They could a have made it a little bit more entertaining. Like, what if they got into some more car crashes? Yeah, 
Or just like, you know, like what if uh like did did James Corden never like just like rip rip ass while he was in the car? He's not that daring as a as a comedian. Um he like all of his movie appearances, he's I don't know. He rubs me the wrong way. Every time I've seen him, again, like you, I don't have like a direct story where he said, you know, fuck off, mate, or something, or bloke. Those but did you feel funny. like he was sodomizing you with his eyeballs? I <laughs> I guess I did when I think back on it. Um, he just was very off-putting. And as far as late-night hosts go, he's probably the worst one we've had to deal with at TMZ when we were uh, celebrity interviewers. For anybody watching who doesn't know who we are, we worked there for several years. I was there for 10 years. You were there for seven years. We did celebrity interviews. Um uh, five and a half, but um, on my resume for a minute, I lied about it and said I was there for like eight years. But then I decided just to tell the truth. And like, uh, I've also just, I don't know, the longer online applying. If anybody is watching this, like, you know, please give me a job. Please yeah. let, let me be your, your employee. <laughs> you should not have free time to do this podcast in the middle of a Thursday, in the middle of a work day. Yeah, I really don't. And I, I went to the beach earlier. It was lovely. It's like I'm like in a, in a retirement community. I feel like a retired man. I'm glad to hear that. Um, yeah, no, Corden, everybody hates him. Everybody has hated him. Seems like he has a lot of problems in restaurants, too. Uh, excuse me one second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I got to clear my throat. Let me mute my mic. Sorry about that, Smalls. All that James Corden talk just gets me so worked up. <laughs> he really grinds your gears, doesn't he? Yeah, but he, like, it's a thing. When this many people are talking about how what a terrible person you are, it's got to be true. Well, I feel it's like we all have like a, a certain like cathartic uh, rush when like uh, a celebrity we don't like is getting run through the ringer, you know, as much as like, you know, and like, you know, especially we see some get like built up. We love to watch them get torn down. Yeah. It's just human nature. He, he like everyone that runs into him has a bad story and uh like i said we didn't have anything but he was the most off-putting of all the late night hosts i think you had some good experiences with late night hosts though didn't you uh just with conan o'brien and i guess uh jimmy kimmel too but uh like off camera and um i never met david letterman no and like i don't know jay leno i remember like seeing him but i don't think i ever really like interviewed him in my tenure i'm sure he seems like he's a decent guy you didn't have the pleasure of him doing that that thing where he pretends the microphone isn't working. Oh, Jay Leno? No, yeah, no, I got him once, and he was like, I started asking him a question. He goes, "Well, you know," and that's why. And then <laughs> I like it more now. Since your microphone is out, I think Dan Jones, one of our old coworkers, got him once and was like, "Jay, just stop doing that. You do that every time." <laughs> and then he, he gave him a real interview. I got Letterman once a couple of years ago. He was nice. He talked. You know, he he was coming out of Cantor's. Did you ever? Like, I know it was before you were an ambush journalist, but did you ever see Johnny Carson? I never saw Johnny Carson. He died in two thousand five. Okay. What about um Arsenio Hall? Have you interviewed him? Yeah. Oh my God. This was back when I used to have to cover the airport and. 
like early in the morning on Sundays because uh, one of our supervisors, I won't name names, but he had this great idea, like Sunday morning, 6 a.m. at the airport, to Chase Airport tips. Fucking oh, asshole. You, and, may I tell a story when you're done? Uh, please, but oh, this will be quick. Yeah, Arsenio is on my list of people to get. And he comes out and like he like leapt over the escalator and like ran into the car <laughs> like he was playing football. Like, dude, no one cares what you have to say anyway. I'm just doing this because I was told to. I don't need your interview that much. You should be happy that I'm paying attention to you. You know, a lot of these comedians are very sensitive and they don't like oh, yeah. to be questioned without being prepared, without being prepped. So especially Arsenio. Like, well, I have a funny story. Not a late night host, but a famous actor. I had a tip on his departure, and it was like a Saturday or Sunday morning at literally like like five, like really early. Like the departure was at like 7 a.m. So I had to be there at the airport at 5.30 on the weekend. Oh. So what I did was I got, you know, I got in time to show my receipt that I was at LAX at 5.30. And I in my car, I went immediately to sleep. <laughs> now funny story a week later that celebrity uh passed away from a heroin overdose and had i been awake to a, a cost philip seymour hoffman warner brothers would have made a lot of money on just like look at how erratic he was the last time we got him yeah and so um you know I'm, I'm i'm very happy that i i decided to take a nap you, you so you never saw Philip in person? No, no, and I'm sure he was on the flight because I heard like you know there were like media reports about how he was acting erratic on the flight. Wow, so, you you could have yeah. gotten him. I got him like my my first week at TMZ. He used to go to Kings Road Cafe on Beverly. I'm sure he loved being interviewed by you. <laughs> well, you know our like uh, the the guy who used to train us there. I won't say his name, but uh, he was like, man, this is an A lister dog. <laughs> you gotta have like big energy when you're coming at an a-lister like philip seymour hoffman and you know i, I didn't know anything so i came up like mr hoffman what's up <laughs> and he just stared at me like a piece of shit and, and kept it moving i didn't you know i should have put two and two together he's a serious artist he doesn't want to be papped and asked about pop culture when he's coming out of he was carrying a script too, like he was deep in his craft. I thought I was like an avant-garde uh, ambush interviewer because, like you know, I really didn't take it seriously. I thought, yeah. you know, I I believed it was more about art, but unfortunately, the powers that be, it was just about clickbait and you know pushing. You know, no, you were you were you were an artist. You should have won a, a poem award. I really was. Award. I'm an artist, a starving one. <laughs> can i door dash you some food it sounds like you're, you look like you're hungry um I, I am hungry because i've been intermittently fasting and i only ate like two soft boiled eggs and uh and some like lettuce well, jesus you know i hope for your sake that caruso doesn't get into office because he might he might clean up wherever you're living and just get, i don't know where he's gonna send you um what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, or Philip Seaman Hoffmore, as uh, <laughs> what's her name? Serena Williams called him once after the awards. She called him Philip Seaman Hoffman. They were like, they were like, Serena, what was your favorite moment tonight? She was like, oh, I really enjoyed Philip Seaman Hoffmore. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, 
Yeah, you know, the late night hosts are usually cool, too. That's what's annoying about James Corden. Like, you came to this country. No one wanted you here. We don't even know where CBS found you. Had anybody heard of James Corden before he suddenly got a major late night TV presence in our country? What is he, an MI6 spy? Get the fuck out of here. I hate him. Well, should we talk about uh, good experiences with Conan O'Brien and, uh, you know, to show the differentiation between being like a, a, a good light, late night host to the, to like you know, to regurgitate the media. And Conan O'Brien for my money ha- has been under a lot more stress in his career than James Corden. Everyone J- James Corden got this whole career handed to him in America on a platter. Conan had to fight bad reviews. People wanted to cancel him every three weeks. Like he, he really had to put the work in and he's still cool. So please take it away. Well, first of all, I'd like to say I need a, a new green screen because mine is like uh, I, I don't think I'm like white balanced or like, you know, I'm, am I backlit? I just yeah. feel like a, a complete unprofessional. And I see your side of the screen. You look very professional. Like you, you, oh, Here's what you should just turn around. Turn your camera around so that that sunlight is hitting you. That'll help. Uh, yeah, I was a cameraman for three. Uh, I don't know how many years. Way better. Yeah. Uh, oh, can get the water fountain in the background. And uh, are the guns showing, or is it like? Uh, they what? sure are. Uh, I might have to call the cops. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about just how pleasant Conan O'Brien was, uh, uh, in contrast to James Corden. And like, what I liked about Conan was he was always friendly, and he was able to like you know give a sound bite. And he would play with you, make fun of you, but also like you know he would. Like, it was always an, an enjoyable experience, and it didn't have to be. Right. And I actually saw Conan recently at the airport, and like you know, inside the terminal, and I was very happy just to see him and not to ambush him or like you know or clumsily ask him for a photo or anything. You know, it's like sometimes it feels so much better to to leave them alone. And yeah. um, you know, I had a, a recent. Uh, tour um it was actually on tuesday and we saw rick flair and i just remembered just the uncomfortableness of like holding a camera and being outside and just like oh it was just awful <laughs> well why did i do that for so long like you know didn't i had like you know like just like having enough time off of it it's just like wow did i have no self-respect and the answer is yes you know, it's funny. I keep watching these Netflix documentaries that uh, they use old TMZ clips in. And I was in the Bling Ring documentary briefly. You know, they played me. I had to interview Nick Prugo, the leader of the Bling Ring. Um, I'll play that later. But and th- I, I watched House of Hammer about Army Hammer. And they keep showing these clips of him coming into LAX. Yeah. And the LAX paps are accosting him like, Hey mate, your fans just want to hear from you. But <laughs> it's such a, it's really cringeworthy. It's especially cringeworthy at LAX because it's almost like when you go up and um, like those hunters who like to go and hunt up in a basket and then they just like put food out for the deer and then they shoot them. Like yeah. they don't have anywhere else to go. They can't, they got to go through the airport, <laughs> you know, at least not in public. There's something of like an agreement. I've always said this, you know, the playing field was Beverly Hills. It was West Hollywood. We have an unspoken agreement. 
They show up there. They know we might be there. We show up there because we know they might be there. We do our business and we go our separate ways with a grudging respect for each other. But at the airport, it's like you're killing an animal that is just surrounded. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. You're shooting a, a, a hog at the feeder when yeah. the food's going out. It's not like a sport. Um, how did we get off on that? Oh, Conan. So that was your only Conan experience? No, I had a few Conan experiences, but they were always pleasant. So it just doesn't like I like there were no um... people want to hear about pleasant. You know, I made a video about Conan on my channel uh, a couple weeks ago or I don't know, a couple months ago, actually. But the, the long and short of it is this was back when I was years ago when I was working for a ballet company and um, going to night school. At... Was it Chuck's <laughs> or was it a different ballet company you worked for? That I didn't know about it. Yeah, no, this is when I was earning my law degree at night, but I was working ballet during the day. I was going to Georgetown online. And Conan, I worked at his house over the holidays, Christmas. And sometimes people would give us, the the, the more uh, wealthy hosts would give us like a nice extra tip at the end of the night, like $100 or something like that. Conan, at the end of the night, I could see he's talking to his wife, he's talking to other people like, oh my gosh, does nobody has cash? Okay, I could tell he felt bad. So that was enough. I left thinking, well, at least he felt bad. Then the next day, I'm way out in like practically Oxnard or Ventura or something, working some big party. And Conan had sent his assistant to track us down, the guys that were there the night before, track us down and give us a handwritten note and a $100 tip. So it was very nice. I always thought that that spoke very well of Conan for him to do that. He could have just been like, ah, f you know, fuck it. We didn't have cash. These guys will be fine. He made sure he sent his assistant out when she could have been doing who knows what he needs during the day. And and he did that. So that was a nice story. And people have said we want more Conan stories. Well, I have a good story in Brentwood. One of the first times I got him where he kind of uh, in a way, like he saved my life because I was like, you know, backing out in the street and he kind of like you know pushed me forward he's like hey watch out like you almost like you know like you know like and, and, and i forgot the way he said it but he's just like you almost got ran over by that car and he's like and for what <laughs> <We're> like, <laughs> <being over> this. <laughs> yeah he was he always had a good sense of humor i've gotten him a few times i got him earlier this year when he was talking about when back when pete davidson when it was first announced that he was dating Kim Kardashian and, you know, he played along, he pretended that he had dated everybody there. And I don't know. He was just always a good sport. I wish I had more specific Conan stories too. And that's why I hope that you did. So no, you that's all I have, but hopefully <laughs> it will go viral. So more people will know that Conan O'Brien is a good guy. Conan's a good guy. Fallon, you had a good interview with Fallon once, right? I did. I had a really fun interview with Fallon, and it was at the airport. And, like, you know, he was just being, like, really nice. And he uh, – that earlier that day, I had uh, – oh, when, when my grandma was, was still alive, I, it was her birthday, and so I wanted to drop by. Uh, it's like it was a hospice home and stuff like that. But she wasn't quite there, and she, like – apparently my sister called earlier and so like you know she was in the bathroom and rushed out but never pulled her pants up so like you know i got to see that and uh, i was talking to jimmy fallon about it because you know i didn't have a psychologist at the time i would just you know like you know air out my issues with celebrities like a normal person would 
And he told me some great ways to get the image out of my head. Like, you know, basically watching YouTube videos of cats and bread. That's very cute. Yeah, I would play the video, but then TMZ will claim it on my YouTube channel and I won't I won't get the 16 cents that I would make on this want video otherwise. To, I don't want them to know about um, that I was sleeping on the job back when I could have gotten them Phillips the last like media of Philip Seymour Hoffman. I know. Were there any well, other I, big? I've been uh, uh, reapplying uh, in hopes that they'll like call me in for an interview, just because they forgot who I was. But so far, no luck. You really get like you need an in at uh, any company just to stand out from these like LinkedIn, Indeed applications. Yeah. Oh, I hate LinkedIn. LinkedIn is just—it's like ruined the job process. I haven't had to find a new job in ten years. And now going through LinkedIn, which is like they've turned the application process into a social media site. You got to make friends with everybody. And then when something good happens to them, they have a celebrate button like celebrate so-and-so's new hiring or so-and-so has some news. Let's celebrate it. And you have to constantly post there about what you're doing and what positive stuff is going on in your life. It's a bunch of bullshit. And that's a negative attitude, though, Dante. This is probably <laughs> why, you, why nobody's congratulating you on LinkedIn. No one's yeah. congrat. I, I want to say like another week at like knocking job. Can I get like some some props? But no, no congratulations on LinkedIn. No, nothing. You you know what? You got to be like a LinkedIn blogger. You really have to become a LinkedIn influencer to get a job these days because it's all algorithms, apparently. Like I'm not, I'm not getting any traction. Can you help? I'm the last person to ask for help. <laughs> uh, but, but you know, if I can get my job back at you know at TMZ, maybe I can uh, get you back in. Like, and you know, they'll just, they'll just we'll just do this cycle every ten years. Yeah, and, uh, it used to be like that. Um, getting back to Corden, just look at him. His face, he looks like one of those like um, historical portraits of the uh, a British prince that was especially cruel to their servants and, and to the people. You know, he looks like a let them eat cake motherfucker. I can't stand him. It really is an instance where you can judge a book by his cover because look at the smarmy smile on his face. So self-satisfied. He's always dancing and singing like do pick a lane in this case, pick a lane. It makes me uncomfortable to see him dancing and singing in all these musicals that Ryan Murphy's producing. Like, I'm just going to say, I fucking hate him. And I was <laughs> like, I, 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 I hope just like, you know, just misery befalls. Yeah. Him. No, no, I honestly, I don't hate him that much, but like, yeah, he just had, he has the face of a cunt. You just had like, you look at his face and it's just like, Oh, this guy sucks. Like anybody watching this video is going to think these guys really are, or at least me, is just a hater. And I'll admit it in this particular video, I don't have a lot of hard, like, I know I have facts to back it up. There's not a good justification for disliking him. It's just a personal feeling. I'll freely admit that. Well, I'm going to turn this around and say that I like James Corden. I think that, uh, He's just, uh, you know, maybe he was really hungry and just misunderstood. Yeah, maybe he's a little difficult, but like, you know, the man created carpool karaoke. I mean, <laughs> what more do you need? Like, you know, what? just like, you know, stop 
Maybe like that waiter. Oh, Listen, uh, they need to fast track him for that Mark Twain American Humor Prize already. Carpool karaoke. Yeah. Doesn't get much better than that. Doesn't get much better than seeing him driving around with Mariah Carey singing at the top of his lungs. Holy shit. But no, he got mad at his server because there was a hair in his food, but he didn't tell them until after he had scarfed it down. (laughs) (laughs) So he's trying to get two plates out of them. And then he insisted that they bring him, you know, cover our drinks already that we've had and bring us another round of drinks. He's, yeah. I can't get the right angle to show my guns. (laughs) <laughs> what's what's your workout regimen um honestly it's a lot of uh i like to start off with the cardio and then uh, a lot of like core exercises and then like you know not too much weights but you have to have to do some weights just to, uh mm-hmm. like but like you know it's a lot of breathing and not many not not too long of uh rests but like you know some resting yeah and but like yeah i haven't I'm just, I'm just naturally because I'm short and stocky. It just like builds up quickly. So. Interesting. So never, uh, never been on creatine, never taken uh, supplements or anything like that. So I want to, uh, that's great. Listen, (laughs) that's why I asked you to come on today. Um, (laughs) Where is this article that I wanted to talk about? Okay. There's a lot of talk of Vladimir Putin nuking people. I want to know, you know, people are saying New York City would be a target, London. But what if he decided to target Hollywood in the middle of a war season? If he targeted James Corden's fat ass, I mean, I wouldn't be too mad at it. Listen, award season is coming up. In the next few months, if he hits L.A. during the Oscars, he could take out the entire Hollywood industrial complex. Do you think they'll have like two celebrities like uh, stay away from the Oscars in case he does take them out? Just like how they have like, you know, have an emergency situation at the, like, the White House. They should. They should. I only hope that James Corden is hosting that night. But are you actually worried about uh, a nuclear strike? You're you're a little bit older than me. So uh, you lived through the Cold War, didn't you? <laughs> I remember when the Berlin Wall came down. Yeah. I was old enough to remember that. On, oh, and I remember when uh, USSR fell in uh, 1991, or was it 92? I think it was 91. Yeah, 91 or 90. Or no, what, that was when the wall fell. The wall fell in 89 or 90. It was like right after. Yeah, but uh, I do remember I was in Lake Tahoe when the USSR was no more. Yeah. Like I didn't realize it was that big of a deal, but I guess it was, you know. Uh, do do you, do you actually recall anything about nuclear uh being scared of no, a nuclear strike back then or was that more of like a 60s yeah, 70s? That was more like, of the early 60s Khrushchev and the whole uh Cuban missile crisis. I wasn't alive for that. But um yeah. I've seen many movies about it, so I feel like I was there. Right. Oh, absolutely. Okay, Are you let's doing say anything for uh, Pearl Harbor Day coming up. Of course, every year I throw a big party. <laughs> um, if Putin were to drop a nuke, is that it? 
Like we really have to start thinking about is this, are we coming up on the end of the human species on earth? It's coming a lot quicker than I thought it would kind of conveniently though, for, you know, for guys like you and me who, uh, you know, are out of a job, yeah. our jobs are just, we're not economically viable anymore. So it's like, you know, but I, yeah, I feel bad that like it would come to that. It's just like, uh, these, uh, former ballet paparazzos can't get a decent job. Like let's nuke the whole world. Yeah. Like, that's not fair. Some people actually worked really hard. <laughs> that's right. I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen, but I what scares me is that there's so much talk about it in the news. Like, why would they... It makes you think that maybe they're leaking this type of information to prepare people for the inevitability of a nuclear strike. They say he's going to do it over the Black Sea, but I don't know. I wish I knew more about nuclear war. <laughs> So I could have something I mean, more interesting uh, to yeah. say. I mean, there wasn't many times it was used in war. I mean, we, we know about uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, yeah. but it, it hasn't been used since. And that was like, you know, so it's been a long time. I feel like the bombs are have evolved and maybe, I don't know, obviously the whole situation is pretty scary. And uh, but like, you know, the, we should have known the end of the civilization was here when the Kardashians became celebrities. It was just, uh, the writing was on the wall. I really do think, though, that if he like just striking a normal city, New York, London, OK, it's like, fine. We have all been expecting that forever. It'd be terrible. But if he took out Hollywood during Hollywood's biggest night, not only would the damage and and you know it'd be catastrophic damage to life but to the psyche and to the entertainment of the world like all of the most creative entertaining people in the world on a global scale other countries can claim that they have their entertainers and their hollywood but like they really don't not not like hollywood hollywood is still the king if he took out hollywood the damage to the psyche of the world, I don't think you could recover from. Well, luckily, we have so many like influencers and YouTubers giving us their content. So maybe we just don't need the the Hollywood elite anymore. That's true. Maybe Where does have, Mr. Beast live? Like, yeah. you know, hopefully, I mean, you know, I guess what's his name? David Dobrik is probably not going to be at the Oscars or the no. Paul Brothers won't be there. There's some other influencers, like some girl on OnlyFans. There'll still be content out there. We'll be able to uh, divulge a, and digest. That's a scary prospect that you're laying out here. Maybe it's chilling, a world where only the influencers are creating content. We need the balance. By the way, I wanted to say congratulations to you. Your friend Kevin Spacey defeated his $40 million civil sexual abuse case. I'm not going to say that he's my friend, but... Um, <laughs> I mean, I got to say, I'm kind of happy for him. Wait, why, why would I say that? I don't, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know the whole situation. Uh, maybe it's, you see, that's, that's the problem. It's like, I like him as an actor so much that I kind of like, you know, like, you know, the stuff he does, I'm, I brush it off. I'm just like, you know, yeah, like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Have, did you oh, ever get him? Like a libel suit about, and I heard that guy, Anthony Rapp was like eating out on that story in Hollywood for like 20 years. Before he like you know before he got got huge, is that right? Yeah. 
Are you, uh, where'd you hear that? Oh, just, uh, from my little birds in Hollywood. <laughs> I, uh, did you, uh, did you ever get Kevin Spacey at TMZ? No, I don't. Oh, didn't get him on the way going in. Let's send our, like our veteran to like really get this story. Right. And, yeah. Never had. I remember I was in Beverly Hills once and Andy Cohen was back when Kyle Richards from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills still had her store. She was filming that day and Andy was there for some reason. I think he was on the show. And before I interviewed him, I saw him hitting on a guy like this big muscular guy. (laughs) He looked kind of like you. He had like those kind of arms, but bigger. And Andy was just like, hey, big guy. Hey, big guy, DM me. Because the guy was like really trying to get a date with Andy Cohen. It was just interesting to see. Oh, the guy was being thirsty to Andy? The guy was being thirsty to Andy. And Andy, oh, yeah, you know, knows Andy has money. He's got like, you know, power. Yeah, he's got money. He's got power. And, you know, he stays in shape. Nice guy. I've so interviewed him a few times. But it was just funny to see that private behavior but this was out in public. I wasn't like alone in a room with them. Like anybody could have walked yeah, by. What were you him. doing there? Dude? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was waiting to interview him about hunky Tom Brady. And uh, <laughs> that's an inside joke. We can't, we can't get into the details of that one. I think that would cross the line about yeah, and if trade can, secrets. If you take but, out my Kevin Spacey story. That probably crosses the line too. But I'm just like trying to, uh, there's well, no more line to be crossed. It's just like, uh, <laughs> Hey, big guy. DM me. Um, yeah, Spacey. I saw him earlier this year. He, this was back when he just remember how he just started making movies again. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's facing all these charges. Him and Alec Baldwin are just like, okay, it's been a month. All right, we're going back to, back to work. So he's making a movie, and I got a tip that he was at. The butcher, the baker, and the cappuccino maker. It's a restaurant on Sunset Boulevard, right in the middle of Sunset Plaza. I heard the food was terrible, but <laughs> the name anyway. pretty terrible too. I've never heard of the butcher, yeah. the cappuccino maker, and the whatever. It's, it's right across the street from Le Petit Feu. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And food. I, I got a tip. Kevin Spacey's in there. Like, no, there's no way. I go in there and he's sitting there. But the thing is, he's put on a lot of weight. So people probably didn't realize it was him. And I was waiting for him to come out. And then he did. He came out. I thought he was going to see me. And so I pulled my camera up to start interviewing him. And then he like turns around and ran away. And I tried to run through the rest. I couldn't run through the restaurant holding a camera. It would be like, I don't know, some kind of trespassing and breaking and entering. So I, I ran around out and I saw him like darting across traffic across Sunset Boulevard. So I thought he parked behind the restaurant. He didn't. He had parked across the street where on the side of Le Petit Four is. Across He's like running across the street. It was the funniest thing. And then... I caught up down there because I felt the pressure of like, I've got to get this guy. People don't understand. There were other photographers there and that guy was getting the shot of Kevin Spacey. So now I have to, because if it gets back to them that I missed Kevin Spacey, then I'm fucked. Yeah. You really like, it was just like a, and like, yeah, I had you missed it. It would just been a domino effect of just like, you might not have been let go then, but uh, you know, you're out. Yeah. So 
I caught up to him down in the parking lot and he thought he was getting away. And then like some guy was taking a really long time to back out of a spot. <laughs> and so he was caught there. And I thought, you know what, this is going to be my moment to take revenge for all those victims of Kevin Spacey, alleged victims. Alleged. I'm, I'm going to put this camera right up to his window and just, you know, not let him off the hook here. And I could see the, uh, the, the anger and frustration on his face that he wasn't able to get away. But I felt like I did my part that day for, uh, for all the victims. Alleged. Alleged. Victims. alleged. Yeah. Do you um, think Army Hammer is guilty? Yes, I do. Was he charged with anything? I don't think he was charged, but I was watching that documentary. He's just, there's too many text messages. He's the dumbest guy in Hollywood. He, all he does is send Instagram DMs and text messages to people saying that he wants to, you know, make them his slave or he wants to eat them. Like, you don't put that stuff in a text, but I think it's his family. If you watch the show House of Hammer on uh, Hulu or whatever, You'll see that he comes from a family of super wealthy people who also just like are full of anger and hate. And so they're all upset with each other and just upset with the world and, and just too much money and too much privilege, too much ability to do whatever they want. I think his father, his grandfather would always pull out guns on people and he actually even killed the guy. Uh, like got a vector, but apparently they. Yeah, except he got away with it. This is back in the 50s when you could kill people and get away with it. And Do you think Frank Sinatra ever killed people and got away with it? I don't think he pulled the trigger, but I'm sure he had people killed or, or like was oh, like, yeah, that's fine. There's a great picture at, uh, at Bristol Farms where Ch the old Chasens used to be. Mm -hmm. of uh, Humphrey Bogart and, and Sinatra. And you can like, kind of see on like Humphrey Bogart's like face just like, wow, this guy is nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Frank Sinatra was a very angry guy as well. Bipolar. Um, he was kind of a, a, you know, the Kanye of his time. But uh, yeah, he was close to it. I, I look at him more as like a Bieber because. Yeah, he was a Bobby soccer and he really like, yeah. yeah. Uh, is uh, anybody watching this live? I don't. Yeah, there's one person. Uh, <laughs> there's been a couple of people. But, you know, people <laughs> don't really watch live shows anymore anyway. They, they mostly tune in afterwards, so. Yeah, you know, some people actually have jobs during the day. So. I'm just trying to build a community here. Um, well, what's what else is going on? Is there anything else you want to talk about? Honestly, don't don't, don't book a, a tour on Paparazzi Safari. <laughs> it's peaked. <laughs> you, you just don't feel like coming out there anymore? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> but if you want, if you really want to, I mean, may, maybe I'll change my mind. So, Why don't you make, would it be so crazy if it was a virtual tour? Like you have the people FaceTime you and then <laughs> they walk around and you just say, Hey, that's Nate. Hey, that's so -and -so. <laughs> I would still try and phone it in. Yeah. But um, is there anything else you want to talk about on your show? I'm checking the news to see if there's anything uh, that interesting, you know? It's it's kind of a slow news. Uh, like we've talked, as I said earlier, we talked about Kanye so much that there's nowhere else to go with it. Except again, I do think he could be the next Hitler. Who is doing genocide in the world today? We got Xi Jinping in China with the Uyghurs, uh, allegedly. Allegedly, and then 
And then I don't know, is Assad still around? What's Assad up to in Syria? What's going on in, in Iran? What's uh... I, Iran is still having protests, and no one's talking about them. Well, some people I know there, there's going to be a protest uh, downtown on Saturday. Really? Yeah. You know what though? Know. Nobody, nobody can like our protests unless they're sparked by something like the George Floyd killing or, or you know, whatever uh, some other crazy thing that happens immediate like that week. Our protests are weak. People just come down with their signs. It's a big social event. We had to cover so many of them. Nothing happens. People get it up and give speeches. Amy Schumer gives a speech, and then that's it. Nothing happens. Everyone goes home or they go to lunch afterward, and, and it's just a big waste of time. Can you believe that someone is trying to sell Assad.com for $1.5 million? <laughs> uh, I mean, who has – why would you need – I don't know. Maybe they're waiting for Bashar al-Assad to, to <laughs> finally buy his domain. That's why they set such a high price. Isn't that like war profiteering to ask for $1.5 million? <laughs> Most likely. Fuck, what's Putin.com? What does that take you to? I hope it takes you to Amazon. And find the server, huh? Interesting. Can we see your, your web history, your browser history? <laughs> Absolutely not. Right. Um, yeah, as, like I was saying, Kanye, Hitler, anti-Semitic, I don't know. I don't know. I think calling people Hitler is kind of... Uh... Well, not that not that he is Hitler. He could be the next Hitler. Okay. The difference. He has that DNA in him, I think. I wish he didn't used to. When he first came out, I don't think he was like that, but something something got to him. Um, who else could still get away with murder right now? Well, who has recently? I'm sorry. I'm like really crashing. I'm just like, uh, I got a lot of sun earlier. I'm about to crash. Can we uh, wrap this up? I just start taking a nap. <laughs> Keep the camera rolling. Yeah, we can wrap it up. All right. Uh, Smalls, thank you so much. Uh, he's take a tour on Pap Safari or try to book one and he'll respond yeah. if he feels like it. No, you reminded me. I got to send the, the guy was nice enough. The last, last tourist, he actually had a good time. And I took some pictures of him, and it reminds me I gotta, I gotta upload those for him. And uh, you know, I do my part. I, not only do you get to possibly see Ric Flair and Muhammad Hadid, but you uh, also get your like pictures taken by a professional photographer. And it's just for fifty nine dollars. And you know, if you want to DM me, I can probably give you like, a good deal. I'll give you five bucks off. You know, there's going to be a recession happening. You can't spend your money at Disneyland. And like, you know, on these like overpaid Instagram photographers, you got to come to me. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm, your, I'm your guy. That was an exciting <sighs> pitch. <laughs> do, they, do you want people to follow you anywhere or what? Uh, yeah, go to Pap Safari. I, I post some funny stuff. Um, I got Instagram, TikTok. Um, uh, I think I'm going to start trying to be more active on Twitter at soft copy gossip, but that's mainly just like trolling. And then I usually take those tweets down like after a couple days when they get no likes, but uh, you know, throw a follow, throw a like, you know, 
Um, do, do you have a YouTube page that you want people to follow? Uh, Receiver Reporter, but I have. Um, I'm just terrible at posting stuff. But um, I've really been low energy uh, today. I want to apologize to your viewers. <laughs> any, any recipes you'd like to share? Um, yeah, there's a good. Um, um, no, I got none. <laughs> do you have any like, Italian recipes you'd like to share? None, none whatsoever. Do you, do you do like? Have you been cooking more? I don't. I barely cook. I, I, I can make like a pizza or uh, some eggs, but that's it. Oh, oh, oh how do you like, keep the cost down at like, uh, like what what kind of like where, do you do ready made meals or do you like? Uh... uh, no, I don't keep the cost down. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep on digging that that anti-Semitic hole. Just okay, like, you, like, are you going to like Shake Shack a lot, or are you like, uh, are you like, are you no longer dining at Il Pisteo for lunch, or are you like, kind of like, no, I don't. Conservative? This, yeah, no, this isn't the TMZ days. I can't go out to these luxurious lunches anymore. No, I just you know shop or I keep it to one meal a day. Really, you just eating one meal a day? No, I mean, like, I don't, I don't, I'm not that hungry anymore. I guess I don't eat. A full three meals every day. I'll have like a midday meal and then a dinner and that's it. But uh, I just shop, make stuff at home. You know, I'm always working on my my podcast from my home studio. (laughs) What's behind the green screen? Can we get a a peek? We can't show you, no. Uh, It's just, it's it's not uh, up to professional standards. Well, listen, um, it looks like the fentanyl is kicking in. So <laughs> I've never done fentanyl. And, like, you know, unfortunately, because it's out, like, it's like really ruined a lot of other drugs, too. So it's just like, thanks a lot. The- yeah. Whoever is pumping all that fentanyl into our country has, has really screwed the rest of us over. Do you think it's like the Chinese, the cartel, or do you think it's probably Hollywood doing it because, like, you know, people stopped, like, you know, consuming their their product as much they're just like well now we had to get into the fentanyl game well if you listen to alex jones he'll tell you the chinese are pumping fentanyl into our streets uh to kind of you know take down and destabilize america it's an interesting theory because it seems to be working if that's what's happening but i don't know all of a sudden either like someone got a great deal on fentanyl and they're just it's easy to move now, but I've never heard about fentanyl so much as in my life as I have like the last seven years. Do you think James Corden has anything to do with the uh, supply chain issues of fentanyl in our country? It like, could coincide with his, when did he start that show? Wasn't it around like 2016 or 17? I feel like it was 2016. And that's really when we first started seeing a rise of fentanyl. Late Show with James Corden started in, it's very hard to find out when it's, March 23rd, 2015 was the first James Corden show. That tracks, that's about right from when I first started reading about fentanyl, which I'd never even heard of, being found in the cocaine on the East Coast. And I said, that's it, everyone in Hollywood better stop doing cocaine because if it's on the East Coast, it's going to be on the West Coast any day now 
Yeah, and like, well, you know, but like, I, th I feel like if you really want to do cocaine, there's ways you can test it for fentanyl. And I like, wouldn't even trust that. No, people say like you put a strip, uh, you, like if, if it lights up a certain way or something, it's got fentanyl. How can you, who, who's making the fentanyl tests that you can trust them? James Corden. <laughs> James Corden Productions. Yeah. Well, I'm going to look into this. <laughs> I mean, both. Uh, yeah, I'm, go I'm going to sleep now, though. Um, uh, the fentanyl is really kicking in. <laughs> I got to go. Right, well, I love you guys. So if um, anybody's watching this, I love you guys too. And, uh, you know, be good to yourself. And, um, you know, I'll see you guys next time. All right. Thank you so much, Smalls. I appreciate it. <laughs> we're, st <laughs> we're still alive. You want me to remove you? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm tired. All right, you're okay. out of here. All right. That was Jeremiah Smalls, ex-coworker. Let me ban him from the studio, kick him out of the studio. He's gone. All right, that's our show for today. We'll be back uh, tomorrow, I think. Actually, hold off on that. I'll post when it's going to be uh, coming back on. And please watch the replay. Like, subscribe, share, talk about it. Tell people to to do to watch this show, and it'll get better. But only if you do that.